It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. here on Mornings with Ian Smith. Uh, Ricardo in for Smithy today. And joining us on the panel today, the author of The Hundred Years War, the history of the All Blacks versus the Springboks and Poneki's favourite son as well, Jamie Wall. How are you, sir? Good, thank you, Ricardo. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. And also the man they call Sackerman, Sam Ackerman, Rugby League Tragic. How are you, Sammy? Jamie got a way better intro than me. That sounds like an absolute stitch-up. G'day, Ricardo. How you going, mate? We won't say... I can't say what people call you on air, unfortunately. <laughs> mate, I've had many nicknames over the years. I think uh, my favourite, looking back on it at the time, it wasn't a favourite, but uh, obviously the surname of Ball. Uh, I played football with the old man's team for one season. His nickname was Testy, so I was Testy too. Yeah, <laughs> makes, makes about sense. Yeah, it does. Sense. It does. And, and I've seen I've, I've seen you play football. Uh, Testy is a fair way to describe your um, your playing style as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear that, Sam. I'll wear that. <laughs> Jamie, uh, we should start with you, though, because uh, strangely, uh, the All Blacks are top of the agenda uh, today. Um, one swallow doesn't make a summer, they say. I kind of had a bit of that feeling at Ellis Park because the Springboks did play a weakened team against us in that second test. Did you see this coming? Yeah, well, one win doesn't make a winter uh, mm. either, does yeah, it? I like um, that. And yeah, to be, to be perfectly honest with you, mate, um, yes, I could see this coming. Um, I saw enough out of the All Blacks' performance at Ellis Park to know that it wasn't perfect. Um, and then I saw enough out of the Springboks on Saturday afternoon against the Wallabies to show that maybe beating them isn't something to be as proud of as we first thought. Now, I really can't, don't know where to start with the All Blacks uh, because we've seen several losses um, dating back to uh, well, six losses dating back to November of last year where uh, they just simply looked like they'd been beaten within the first sort of 10 minutes or so. This one was slightly different in that uh, it was sort of a more of a kind of uh, punch and counterpunch kind of game. Um, but really, after an hour, you were left with that same feeling that we've had over the last year that the All Blacks were going to lose. And, and it's a strange feeling because we've never felt this way about the All Blacks uh, ever again. They, they showed one bit of brilliance uh, when Caleb Clark scored that very good try. Um, but in days gone by, that would then be followed up with another couple um, or at least a, a period of holding onto the ball and breaking through the line and, and just uh, uh, taking the game to the opposition and dictating the way that the game is going to get played. Now, 
the Argentinians did the exact same thing they did in 2020, which was to go out there, tackle hard, wait for their penalties, kick their penalties, and jag a try when they, when they, uh, uh, when when the opportunity presented itself, which is exactly what they did. And that's why the scoreline was almost exactly the same. And I think the most unforgivable thing about this loss is that it, it was preceded by by that game in 2020 where they did the exact same thing and nothing was learned. Nothing was learned at all. And you have this this team uh, and you have a coach coming, after, coming out afterwards and saying we're rebuilding. Rebuilding from what? You know, it's the same blooming team that lost to Argentina two years ago. And to do it again, it's completely unacceptable. Cannot disagree with you. In fact, Sam Hewitt, who produces Staff's show, uh, put a list together of players that were there in 2020 and 2021 who are all uh, new to the, or, you know, not new, but have been around the uh, the scene for a little while. Cody Taylor, Scott Barrett, Sam Whitelock, Akira Yuani, Sam Kane, Artie Savia, Bowden Barrett, Rico Yuani, Aaron Smith, Geordie Barrett, Tyrell Lomax, Will Jordan, Caleb Clark, Shannon Frizzell, Richie Mwanga were all there in 2020. So the rebuild thing is a red herring. I think it's a smoky, just a, a it's like a, a trying to be used as a, a get out of jail free card. Um, Sam, I know that if I ask you um, what's your take on New Zealand rugby, you'll just say watch New Zealand rugby league probably. Um, but I mean, do you have any takeaways from the current situation at the top of the game in New Zealand? Yeah, look, there's, there's certainly uh, an issue that um, needs to be addressed is that this team is, uh, is, is we've talked about before on the show, Jamie and I have said together before as well, they're just not as good as the All Blacks should be and used to be. But beyond that, beyond that, this team that I've been you know, watched in the weekend and watched previously, including the Ellis Park win, just don't have the same level of intelligence. I feel that the level that, you know, rugby intelligence, I should say, is that I don't feel that the spring, uh, sorry, the Pumas on this occasion were forced to work for those penalties very very often. I felt that the knowing that the plan was to have those shots at goal go from wherever and whenever they could, you would think that, that you'd go, right, okay, it's a close contest. We need to be really smart, not give away penalties. I know you can, you know, some things can be pointed at the referee, but I was watching things and going, no, you're not going to try. Oh, yes, they are. They're going to try that. It's another penalty. And you watch that scoreboard keep ticking up and just keep building and building and keeping that game a contest when they had opportunities. This team held on to the ball, no problem. Retention wasn't the, uh, the problem. It was a lack of foresight, better uh, bust it and find a way through what was a wonderful defence. I know it's been said through um, newspapers and on radios uh, around the country already, but I mean, David, what David Kidwell helped to achieve with that defensive unit shouldn't be underdone as well as you know, David Kidwell's gone through the ringer in this country and received a lot of grief so I'm glad he got a little bit of moment uh, there as well but it's not an all black team that's going to um, set the world on fire and uh, listen to me when I heard the rebuilding I scoffed as well but I, I personally think you, it is a bit of a smoke screen I feel that it's not well explained I believe when his comeback will be I'm talking about rebuilding this team and that's not just the 15 players on the field that's the coaching staff we've got new coaches in everyone's adjusting and building that, I, I reckon that's going to be the next step in that um, response and that's true it is a group, new group of coaches but it's a new group of coaches that have been told to find success and they haven't done so yeah, no, I tell you what, there's a, there could be a job in the offing at the, as the All Blacks media manager after that spin, Sam. Well done. <laughs> That's good. No, no, I mean, look, I'm seeing, I've, don't worry, I've already sent them an invoice, but yeah, <laughs> <it's>, they'll. <laughs> hey, just, uh, just, on the, just, on the coaching, just on the coaching side of things and rebuilding, I sent out a tweet on the weekend that got a bit of a 
decent response. And it's you look at the teams that have owned the All Blacks over the last year. You look at Ireland, Andy Farrell, France, Sean Edwards, and now Argentina, David Kidwell. And I guess to a lesser extent, you can say England and Anthony Seabold. When are they, when's NZ Rugby going to bite the bullet and, and bring in a rugby league uh, defensive coach? Because clearly that's what's working in world rugby right now, and they're not following the trends on that. Um, I don't know who's in the market right now, who they can lure from the NRL, but, you know, <laughs> there's your blueprint. Yeah, that's a great call. Sammy, you know more than uh, more than most who's floating around at the moment or who might, might be tempted. Who do you reckon New Zealand rugby should go for if they wanted a rugby league defensive coach? Well, to be very clear, first of all, that um, there was, you know, David Kittle had a job um, as an assistant coach, but he got a, this one was too tempting to, um, you know, to, to come and be part of a World Cup campaign, and he was very excited. I know another, another guy who may get um, some screams of uh, the cry from places uh, is uh, Stephen Kearney, uh, who was an assistant coach at Melbourne, uh, and I, I don't know if he could be uh, tempted across, but I know he's always held um, the... Uh, the All Black jersey and uh, New Zealand rugby is in the sport itself and uh, in high regard too. So uh, I certainly would, if you're going to look for somebody um, with New Zealand credibility, I, I think he would be uh, right up there uh, along the way too. He's a great analyst of the game uh, and uh, for his playing style and, and what he achieved with the Kiwis as well. Um, I, I would definitely think he would be a, a natural fit. But, Jamie, the, the short answer is, um, you know, New Zealand rugby and rugby in general is often sit back and watch rugby league and then taking their rules and plays two or three seasons later. So I'm thinking 2024, 25 maybe, or will, will it come in? <laughs> there you go. On the, and the players, don't forget. Yeah, on New Zealand rugby's time. There you go. It is uh, 28 away from 11 here on SENZ. When we come back, uh, the panel will discuss the Black Ferns, the Warriors, and the US Open right now, though. It is time for news and sport with Aroha. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Talk to me, yeah. 26 away from 11, Jamie Wall, Sam Ackerman on the panel with us. The Black Ferns on the weekend uh, got another win against the Wallaroos. Certainly different from 52-5 though, Jamie. Um, I know there were eight changes made to the starting 15 by Wayne Smith. Any cause for concern here? I mean, can we measure ourselves against the Wallaroos when it comes to World Cup probability for the Black Ferns? Well, I'm, I'm sort of in two minds over this. Like, obviously, most people went in expecting that they'd have a similar result that they did in, in Christchurch, and that the main uh, feedback after that game was uh, that big one was that they, you know, they're going to get better. Um, to, so to see them get really tested in that way was a, yeah, a bit of a surprise. I think yeah, some credit has to go to the Wallaroos. I mean, I've been watching this uh, contest for the last, uh, you know, most of the last decade, and that's easily the best game um, they've ever played against against the Black Ferns. They they certainly didn't seem overawed and um, seemed to be really uh, buoyed by playing on their own home turf. So we've got to remember that. Uh, and I guess from a positive side of things is that, yeah, the Black Ferns didn't probably play as well as they, they want to. They got kind of um, tested early, but they still won. Um, they still got the result, and I think perhaps the environment that they had last year, they may they might not have done that. So, you know, well done in that sense. But at the same time, yeah, there were a few things uh, of concern. Um, they had they got hit by a couple of injuries early. Um, they lost Alana Bruna and Alana Bremner and Chelsea Simple, 
there and Kendra Coxie wasn't wasn't actually playing. Um, so I think those disruptions probably contributed quite a bit to the scoreline. Um, in saying that, though, you look at the World Cup and how really it's going to only come down to, what, two games that the, the Black Ferns actually have to win. Um, I think I've seen enough out of them so far that with a bit of luck uh, and with a bit of home support, um, they could actually pull this off. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fully prepared to eat my words on, on this. Uh, but I've, there's enough there that I kind of I can kind of believe in it if the if the right things fall into place for this team um, and it's going to require yeah like I said a bit of luck and a hell of a lot of effort um, and the main reason I say that is because at least they're moving in the right direction in terms of discipline they're giving away less penalties and um, in key parts of the field so you know whatever Wayne Smith is doing seems to be working yeah it was a, a, i think you could probably say i don't think it was a step backwards for them on the weekend but they they it wasn't a step forwards either but again they did win they did do they did do that they won indeed sam ackerman uh i know uh, you all have followed this as well and you'll also be following gail broughton who's uh, obviously gone to the Parramatta reels and is playing in the nrlw this season that is a competition that is on the up and up they're adding another two teams next season do you see there potentially being a a player drain on the on the black ferns do you think more will follow gail broughton no, the short answer is I don't expect to see a great deal. Um, I think what New Zealand rugby has to offer and the uh, the growing profile of the Black Ferns here and, of course, um, the in-between World Cup cycles, you see if a few more trying their hands at sevens, which means you're going on international circuits, having a chance at Olympic gold medals, world champs, that type of thing. I think there's enough um, to, to keep them at bay. And it depends on how fast and how big the um, NRLW grows. It's a great competition, um, but it is still um, something that literally comes into life for a, a matter of a few weeks um, or as far as the season goes. It, it's you know, I'd love to see it grow further, but... You know, I really appreciate that the NRL w, NRL is not making the NRLW uh, run before it walks. They're making sure that what the product is that goes out is really enjoyable to watch. It's played at, played at a time where there is uh, a peak interest in league as well. So um, I think they're doing well. There will be defections along the way because it's professional sport. It happens, but I don't think they should be um, using a rubbish lying awake um, concerned about it all. And listen, I, I said last week in an interview that I, I reckon that it's what the um, Black Ferns needed most out of this wild roost test is almost throw if, if it was getting too easy almost throw spanners in the works for themselves make it difficult because having another romp achieved nothing so I think what Adelaide provided is something that Wayne Smith and the coaching staff and the players can dig deep to when they get back into this tournament because romps over teams do, does nothing you, it, it, you can practice your combinations you can get a um, you know get, get a flow on and get confidence up but you need to be tested because if you get to the games where you're going to be tested and you haven't had to dig into those situations uh, certainly under this regime I don't think it's going to help so a good position to be in yeah good position indeed actually we've had a, a message come through boys and I'll ask you this I didn't have it on my initial uh, uh, rundown but I will ask you because I think there's a fair point Simon Griffin's made, he said, do they need a defensive coach, talking about the All Blacks, from the NRL, or an attack coach? Neither Fozzie nor Schmidt have had any success attacking an NRL defensive line. What a shame Paul Green is gone. He'd have been perfect. Uh, your take on that, Sam? Oh, listen, I, 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 they're quite different games, and I, while I, you know, I'm obviously going to stay here and preach in the pulpit saying that um, the I love uh, the style of attack that rugby league brings. Uh, I think that, that there's a lot more uh, 
physicality and movement to it. I think it's also a, a faster level. Um, but what we see with um, New Zealand rugby, I don't think they need that. I just think they need it, it, the cohesion's missing. I don't think there's a problem with with what they have. They don't have they they're not playing a a, course, a horses for courses approach and utilising what they they do have. So I don't think they're having a different. Um, uh, a coach for a different uh, genre of the sport is going to be necessarily what what makes it happen. They just need somebody. And, and fairness to Joe Smith, he's only been there a couple of weeks, right? So uh, let's not get ahead of it on that. But uh, the All Blacks just aren't playing smart. And if you don't know how to use the ball properly and be expensive, it doesn't matter if uh, if you've got you know Wayne Bennett, Jack Gibson coming in to coach it. What won't matter a difference if you can't use the ball smartly when you're on the field. Jamie, your thoughts on that, mate? I mean, is the attack coach? more uh, important than the defence coach, given that defensively we haven't actually conceded too many tries? I think they're as important as each other. I think you can find examples in the All Blacks' run of losses where the defence has cost them the game and the attacks cost them the game, or the lack of ability to score points. So I I, I always go back to what I'd, I'd said a while back, is that you know it's not like all these guys became bad players overnight. You know, they just need to be given the right cohesion and direction. And Sam just mentioned about selections, like what are our best combinations out there? I still think they're just doing a lot of guesswork, or at least it seems that way. Uh, you know, you look at the Springboks and that, like, okay, maybe not the best example given their results as well, but they have they have very much a predetermined way of playing and their, their selections are based around that. I don't think the All Blacks do that. Um, so I think it's it's also a selection issue as well. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean the 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 conversation has been around coaching this whole time. So, and uh, it, obviously it extends out to the wider coaching group as well. But those other guys, yeah, like they've only been there, in there for a matter of weeks. So I'll, I'll be able to give them a little bit of leeway. Yeah, all right, mate. Uh, let's talk uh, the Warriors then, Sam. Uh, smashed by the Panthers after being smashed by the Cowboys, but kind of been covered up covered up to an extent because there's a few teams with their queue in the rack uh, already this season. So we've seen quite a few of these one-sided score lines. Uh, what's your hope for the last game of the season at home against the Titans? I barely heard that question, mate. Sorry, I was busy popping the champagne bottle knowing that we're not going to get the wooden spoon. It's not an option after the, the Tigers uh, uh, collapsed against the Dragons, so nothing else mattered. No, look, and also thank you, All Blacks, um, from every Warriors uh, and league fan in the country for uh, making sure that uh, Warriors bashing is uh, kept to a minimum for a lot of this season. It's been uh, it's been uh, enjoyable to watch. Uh, the concept of the uh, the Warriors taking anything out of the last couple of games is, is minute. Um, yes, I saw improvement, if you want to say it, and no, I didn't expect the Warriors to beat either of those teams away at all, and I wouldn't necessarily expect them to win at home against them either, but the, the simple fact of the matter is, this team is uh, is down on confidence, they've got a uh, an interim coach who is a legend, but he is not a head coach, and he doesn't want to be a head coach. He is there doing the Warriors a favour, babysitting until this team gets picked up by Andrew Webster, so there, there was never any signs that this was supposed to be a golden run uh, and things were going to suddenly get better. I've said it before, there's some good cattle coming to this club uh, next year, so I expect that, you know, see the Warriors performing at a much better level uh, come next season. And uh, But simply said, uh, you know, that, uh, what happened in the past fortnight 
should should have been seen ahead of time, should have been predicted. It's sometimes you just need to accept where the team is. And I think a lot of Warriors fans are accepting that right now and going, well, hopefully you know, there's moments. But the game against the Titans this weekend, it could very well be a completely packed out stadium thanks to the very smart marketing move by Vodafone to snap up the remaining tickets and literally you know, give them away for free if you'd register online or whatever it is so it's a, you know that's a smart move um and we shouldn't forget that it is a t- it's the two different seasons the warriors away and the warriors at home are two complete different seasons because who i i don't recall a time when um the difference was so severe as as it is now so looking forward to that uh being a free-flowing and a lot of points scored in the uh the warriors versus titans in the weekend but i won't be uh devastated that the season's over for the warriors because it's important that um they're able to put this one behind them and you know steal a shagism and flush the dunny yeah indeed oh jamie uh, if you had an opportunity where would you be fmg stadium this weekend or mount smart What's going to, where's going to be the most fireworks? <laughs> uh, well, I'm definitely going to be at FMG because um, that's my job. Uh, but um, but I, I have to. I have smart. We get it, mate. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> I have to. I have to. I have to say. I mean, what? Where would the Warriors be without Vodafone, man? I mean, like that company clearly believes that there's no such thing as bad publicity, and the Warriors can thank their lucky stars for that. But no. But seriously, like. Whoever's managing their their sponsorship at the Warriors, like you, you can you can say what you want about them on and off the field, but they're definitely doing that job right because that's that's like a real blue chip sponsor that they've managed to hold on for like what is it like what twenty twenty five years now? That's that's incredible for um for any sports team yeah, in the whole world. I couldn't have them too, Jamie. The NRL said you can't yeah. have it because it clashes with Telstra, but the, uh, the line was drawn in the sand. That, that, they've just extended their sponsorship last week. That, I mean, that's yeah. that's miraculous, and what they achieve as a partnership, you, you bang on. They are the uh, the blueprint in this country. Yeah, they'd certainly yeah. be better owners, you would have to think. But anyway, that's probably a conversation for another time. Uh, Jamie, Sammy, thank you very much for coming on, gentlemen. Go well. Enjoy the rest of your week. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.